0: And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Today we're going to be talking about the things you can do to prepare yourself and your family and your neighborhood In the event of an emergency, joining me in studio is Wade Matthews. He is the manager of Be Ready Utah. Thank you for being here, Wade.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And
0: of course, you're also part of the Utah Division of Emergency Management. Before we talk about a conference and expo that is coming our way at the end of September, I want to ask you a bit about how you feel as you're you know, representing Be Ready Utah, about what we have currently going on in Utah. We've got these wildfires, we've had evacuations, we have heightened concerns. What does that do to you or make you think as someone who works in emergency management?
1: It certainly worries me because we're seeing a trend of increasing uh, numbers of fires and larger fires and more evacuations, more people impacted by these things. Uh, they used to be out you know, in the f- further areas of the state, not a lot of people involved, but we Our population is growing. There's more people with that within that uh, wildland-urban interface, and more people are being impacted, and, and it worries me.
0: Yeah, and it worries all of us. One point, though, that I hear over and over again in emergency management is there's worry and then there's action. So what you are trying to do with the Utah Division of Emer- Emergency Management is say, if you know what to do, not just when a wildfire comes your way, when an earthquake hits, whatever it may be, then the worry is replaced with a sense of action and and confidence.
1: Exactly. I can take care of myself. I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm prepared. I have a plan. So that's part of our mantra at Be Ready Utah and the Division of Emergency Management is make a plan, get a kit, be informed, and get involved. And if we are working on those four different areas, um, we should be able to, to handle situations that arise and, and threats that may come our way and be able to get through the recovery process a little bit better and, and and not only survive but thrive in the disasters.
0: I wanted to ask you again, following up on what we have, because we've seen and we're still enduring evacuations because of wildfires, an individual in a community, where are the best points of information for them to know what to do. It, it, you know, they may or may not have had their kit and their plan in place, but what's the best way for us to get information in an emergency like that?
1: Well, I, I would obviously want to um, emphasize our, our website, bereadyutah.gov. We have a lot of great emergency preparedness information on that website within those four areas of make a plan, get a kit, be informed, and get involved. That's a great resource statewide. I would also encourage people to go and meet their local-level emergency managers, local-level volunteer organizations, uh, the American Red Cross, Citizen Corps, and the community emergency response teams that exist in various communities around the state. There are a lot of resources that will help people with that be informed part of our mantra. There's just places to go. And people to talk to if they'll just make that effort.
0: And you said your website, bereadyutah.org.
1: Uh, BeReadyUtah.gov. Okay, good.
0: BeReadyUtah.gov. That is where we can go. Yes. And, and, and I would say go today or go tomorrow morning to that site. I live at the mouth of Spanish Four Canyon. Uh, evacuations are not imminent. But they are possible as we see the fire eight miles away from our home now. Uh, We know that there are individuals near Diamond Fork Canyon and and near thistle that have been evacuated. It's a reality that that part of Southern Utah County and beyond is experiencing right now. So what do we do? Ahead of time, we go to the website, we get our plan in place.
1: Exactly. And and knowing the protective actions, that's part of our planning. Knowing the protective actions, or in other words, the steps to take to survive the disasters or the threats that are coming our way, I think is one of the most important things that we can do to be prepared. If we don't know how to survive the disasters... The rest of our plans don't really matter. So knowing and being prepared for evacuation, for taking shelter, for social isolation if it was a pandemic, um, for flooding, we call that uh, turn around, don't drown, go to higher ground. And the and the old one that we all knew and learned from our childhood days, uh, stop, drop, and roll. These are all protective actions that will help us survive the disasters, and it's important that we learn those and teach those to our family members while, and loved ones. And
0: while we're calm, right? I mean, exactly. while we're not under a duress. Because if we've practiced it, we know what to do. Then when there's that heightened fear and you're getting the phone calls that you got or the earthquake strikes, you already
1: intuitively know what to do. Absolutely. That's the purpose of those little catchphrases. It just becomes natural to us. But, you know, I used to think that we're all going to panic. We're all going to freak out when we know there's a danger or when we get that that, uh, warning notice. But uh, I've been learning more that we just kind of – we freeze. Mm -hmm. We do what's called milling. We just stand around looking and waiting for more information or wondering what the neighbor's going to do. But we need to take action immediately. To put that plan into action. Get ready and start evacuating now. Don't wait. And and that's important
0: because I think um, that freezing is one of those reactions, right? I mean, it's just kind of a natural reaction. Out of fear, yes. we become kind of immobilized. But we don't have time in the case of a fire, in the case of a flood or an earthquake, to freeze Every moment counts. I keep thinking about what they've said about even um, on on a side note, and, you know, heart attack scares or stroke scares, that if we get that individual as quickly as we can to an emergency yes. room, the, the rate of survivability is so much higher. And so it's a parallel that way that if we are put into place the plans and steps that we know the rate of surviving and being able to take care of those in our neighborhood in our family and rescue them as well is there's a greater likelihood of that
1: exactly time mm-hmm. is so critical from the moment that we receive that that notification that evacuation order that boil, water, order, whatever the case may be. We need to act immediately and and don't wait. That will determine our subri- our survivability.
0: Wade Matthews is the Utah manager, of, pardon me, the manager of Be Ready Utah. Um, well, let's talk for just a bit before, again, we hit that conference and expo that I believe everyone should attend in the state of Utah. Definitely. Let's talk about what the disasters are. The, what are the things that could happen? I mean, you look at different scenarios. So we're concerned about... Fire, wildfires, what are are the other natural disasters we need to be prepared for?
1: Exactly. And in our outreach efforts, we talk Mm -hmm. about this a lot, that it's important to know the risks where we live. And that's exactly what you're talking about right now. And the big one, the number one that will cause the most widespread disaster and damage here in Utah will be an earthquake. When will that occur? We don't know. When should we be prepared for an earthquake? Today. Right now. <laughs> Today, exactly. So that's the big one. But we have a lot of others that occur more frequently. The, the wildfires every summer, as I said, they seem to be increasing in number and intensity. Um, flooding. All of our our emergency declarations for presidential declarations in Utah have been flooding-related. We see a lot of flooding every spring. Um, And then following wildfires, there's going to be mudslides and landslides following uh, uh, wildfires that uh, burn off the vegetation on a mountainside. And the erosion just brings down. Exactly. Winter storms, uh, wind storms. I used to think we couldn't have tornadoes in Utah until August 11th of 1999 when that one went through Salt Lake. So we have a lot of natural hazards that could affect us. I was
0: right in downtown Salt Lake City when that tornado hit and began reporting on the radio uh, about the tornado. And it was a surprise. I've lived in the Midwest, so I can recognize the sky as it comes for. There's a color uh-huh. uh, and, and a density of, of how yeah. the clouds move as those tornado. And I remember looking ahead thinking, this feels like a tornado is about to happen and when it did, what a surprise. Yeah. Now we're talking wow. about a lot of things and, and I know my husband, he's a strong man, six foot four, but when we talk about um potential disasters, when you talked about that the the fear that can come in, um, it heightens his anxiety enough that thinking about it becomes too difficult. And so for those of you as as we are talking about emergency preparedness, um even those those disasters are out there; they're a possibility. But to lower that sense of anxiety, we just need to know what to do, where our resources are, and and how to move through that. Because there are ways, definite ways, for us to survive these natural disasters if we know what we're going, you, what we can do.
1: You're absolutely right. And how do we overcome fear mm-hmm. by taking action? And that applies to all aspects of our lives, really. Once we face that fear and then do something about it. The fear usually will go away. And so I encourage people, just take, take emergency preparedness one step at a time. Just pick one thing that you want to do in your plan and start working on that one thing. And then the next week, something else, or next month, something else, and it becomes easier. And then before you know it, you have your plan in place. So I like to encourage people, begin with your communications plan. Have an out-of-state telephone contact that everybody in the family can uh, report to, and, and that person will relay information. Have a meeting place outside your home for the house fires, the earthquake, and so on. Have a meeting place outside your neighborhood in case you can't get back home. We have a place to reunite. And what does this give us? Peace of mind. If we know that we can be reunited with loved ones again during an emergency, that's half the battle. I think I can get through it if I know I'm going to be with my loved ones.
0: Well, let's talk about the Utah Prepare Conference and Expo, because if we are seeking information and resources about these individual events that could occur in our lifetime in the state of Utah, this is where we can get direct uh, guidance. It's called the Utah Prepare Conference and Expo, the Desert News uh, Expo, and it's coming up September 28th and the 29th at the Mountain America Expo Center. It's a name change. It is the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy at 9575 South State. So it's a few days, Friday and Saturday. What information? What resources will we be garnering, uh, garnering from that event?
1: There are a lot of different um, types of things that will be happening at the Deseret News Utah Prepare Expo, including a a slate of classes. We have a lot of local expert emergency preparedness experts that will be coming and teaching a wide variety of of classes, including, as I was talking about communications, we'll have ham radio there. We will have safe neighborhoods, um, water storage. I know we don't have enough water stored. None of us have enough water stored when that big disaster is going to hit. We need to learn more about water storage, food storage, um, nuclear preparedness. We just had a scare out in Hawaii a couple months ago. So we've added that to our schedule this year. How to cope with disasters um disease prevention that's the disaster after the disaster is disease in is other sickness. words if you
0: don't have access to clean water right. and then the rate washing of washing right and the rate of disease
1: goes up goes up exactly mm-hmm. so that's always the disaster after the disaster uh how to motivate for preparedness our keynote speaker dr dennis maletti coming from uh california he's a world renowned speaker um about emergency preparedness um he Went and studied Hurricane Katrina and a lot of disasters around the world. He's the one that uh, I, I learned more about that milling and, and the, how people freeze rather than taking action. And he's going to come and talk to us about how to become more motivated to get prepared for emergencies and disasters.
0: And, and by the way, earlier I mentioned that my husband, you know, when a crisis occurs, he has a different physiological reaction than I do. And I think we just need to understand the differences we have and and then gain that confidence good by getting that information. Some of us really do freeze more than yeah. others. You acknowledge right. it, and then you make a plan for yourself, knowing that it may be a little bit more difficult for you to take action. So,
1: absolutely, that's a good point. You know, if you can understand those differences, what will you need to do to get your husband to, to take action and start moving, or somebody else in the family, or vice versa? Right, and you that's may have point. family
0: members who have mobility challenges. You may we may be needing to take extra caution for neighbors and community members that are elderly or have other uh, disabilities. Those are the other things to be thinking of as well.
1: Absolutely. And that's something that we always also try to encourage in our public outreach is, you know, I'm, fr- I'm from the government. I'm here to help, but we can't help everybody. And we, we don't know everybody in those different types of situations of functional and access needs populations, the, the people that you were talking about. So we do encourage them Reach out to your neighbors, a trusted neighbor or friend, and make sure that they will include you in their plans. You know, if you don't have a car or can't drive, that they will help you evacuate or they will bring you into into their shelter or whatever. If you have a family member or loved one in that situation, make sure that they have a trusted friend that will help them and gives, again, peace of mind.
0: We live. Um, our our bedroom is up on a second floor, and I was telling my husband. I said, "You know, as a child, I learned that we needed to have kind of a roll up ladder that we could put into our window to climb down." And he said, "Whoa, you know, that's two steps beyond our comfort." For me, it's great comfort. Yeah, the idea that if something occurred, a fire in the house on this side, we could safely you have a way out. out. They a way out yeah. exactly.
1: So. That's also part mm-hmm. of that planning. A simple thing that you know we try to do with children and scouting and, and school and those types of things draw their how their floor plan and Outline how are you going to get out of the house in an emergency if you can't get to the right? Our little kit's
0: going to include whistles so that everybody's got a whistle on during that event. Yes. Okay, courses. um, by the way, for those who just joined us, this is Wade Matthews. He is with the Utah Division of Emergency Management, but he's also the manager of Be Ready Utah, a very important conference and expo is coming to Sandy, Utah for the state of Utah. It is called the Desert News Utah Prepare Conference and Expo. September 28th through the 29th, Friday and a Saturday, with multiple workshops, information, and experts. And everyone wants to have somebody there to garner this information. What other workshops? You said motivating for preparedness, and the keynote speaker is uh, Dr. Maletti. Right. Okay. Um,
1: we also have classes on public transit safety. You know, hmm. that's a growing thing. Um, you mean
0: personal safety or if you're on public transit and something occurs? Yes. Okay. Actually,
1: that's correct. Okay. Um, what, what kind of, what does it take to, to, respond with the Red Cross. They're always looking for volunteers, and we uh, part of our mantra is to get involved, you know, look for ways to get involved, such as uh, taking Red Cross classes, becoming a member of a community emergency response team, or so on. I know
0: they're always looking for more volunteers that will get CPR trained as well, yes. so that, and and get that emergency training so that you can be put in action right where you live.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We will also have what we call the Disaster Discovery Center, which is a hands-on, interactive, fun-for-the-whole-family uh, family location, where they can come Come in and and play with the floodplain sandbox. They can go through the earthquake trailer, uh, the the life safety house. They can do the uh, seatbelt convincer. They can look at a little sample of a of a Red Cross shelter. Where would what would a Red Cross shelter look like if we had to evacuate our home? They can with amateur radio. So there's going to be a very fun, interactive disaster discovery center there as well.
0: I've never heard of that, a discovery center. So in other words, you can step into a trailer that will simulate the rocking back and forth of what an earthquake feels like.
1: Yes, wow. yes. And then the life safety house is also, you know, how to escape. We were talking about escaping mm-hmm. from a house fire, and that's what that will do. So that's a, that's a fun thing. Uh, that was new last year. We're re- uh, repeating it again this year. And so that that's a fun thing. And I'm glad
0: that you brought that up in particular because this disaster discovery center uh, that has the activities for children, kids 12 and under are free. That's right. So you're encouraged to bring your kids. And and as a mom of three prior Eagle Scouts, I'll just tell you, boys, love, and girls, they love information about this. They want to be prepared. They want to explore and understand their environment and and know what to do. They – you don't want to necessarily shield them. What you want to do is empower them with right. a sense of they can do because if there is a disaster, and I say this having grown up in a community where we had earthquakes quite regularly, I needed to know as a child what to do for my own personal safety because chances were um, that an earthquake wasn't going to strike and I wasn't going to be side by side with my parents. And so they need that, se- that confidence that they'll know what to do.
1: Exactly. And so I think sometimes we hesitate to talk to our children about preparedness because we don't want to scare them. Um, the example myself, even, um, we have a greater chance of being struck by lightning than we do of being involved in an active shooter situation. That's the statistic right now, but it's something that's in the news a lot. And we still need to know what to do if just in case, just in case, and have that discussion with your children. How do you survive an active shooter situation, whether it's a school or the theater or the mall or the restaurant? And that's that, um, run, hide, fight slogan again there. And, and having those discussions with our children will impair, empower them, as you said, rather than scaring them. They're, they're more resilient than we think. They can handle it better than we think. And, and it's to important put in, to have those discussions. And to
0: put in context, to understand that because there's a dialogue about school safety... We need to have those conversations with our children about safety and what to do and about the steps that adults are taking in their life to keep them safe because that's the other part of it. But to understand, if we have a greater chance of being struck by lightning, we need to put greater attention on the natural disasters that can occur in our lives versus this. Mm-hmm. And and
1: just by the way, the protective action for lightning is when thunder roars, go indoors. So there's another one of those little phrases. Is it,
0: so it's not hide under a tree anymore.
1: No, it's not <laughs> get under the tree. That's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, if you're outside and don't have that structure, you just get as low as you can in a low depression in the ground and and curl up in a ball. Uh, so. You know,
0: it's interesting that you share that. We we're in the middle of a thunderstorm and my neighbor who has a number of children, he's, uh, he's always excited about um, the electrical... Uh, atmosphere that the universe provides. And right in the middle of it, he had all his children standing outside in the front yard watching the lightning strike nearby. Oh, wow. I was through the window going, wait a minute. Yeah. This is, you know, go back into the, uh, you know, the family room window. Exactly. And look through it there. You'll be a lot safer. You can still have that conversation. We
1: all do that childhood thing of of, uh, seeing the lightning and then counting till we hear the thunder. Oh, that was about three or four miles away. Well, if lightning is striking over there, it can probably strike right here. So, when thunder roars, go indoors. I love that one.
0: Okay. Also, tell me about backyard chickens, and what does that have to do with emergency uh, preparedness? Because you do have a workshop on that.
1: Uh, Resilience, really, Mm -hmm. because we don't know how long it will take a a community to recover after a large-scale disaster, such as a big earthquake. It may be a long time before grocery stores are filled again. It may be a long time before roads and bridges are open and reconstructed again. And we just need to have that resiliency in place. Having the the backyard chicken, that's kind of a state of mind as well. You know, uh, we're taking care of ourselves. We're, we're doing this now so that we're a little bit better prepared in a disaster later on.
0: Someone once told me, Wade, that it may even take four to six weeks before all the infrastructure gets stabilized if there's a major disaster. It
1: could be. Honestly, it mm-hmm. could be years. You look okay. at Hurricane Katrina. So many lessons learned from Hurricane Katrina. It, it was years before some of those neighborhoods were uh, totally recovered.
0: So um, the raising the chickens would be your own self-sufficiency source of protein.
1: And and along with that is the gardening. You know, something Mm -hmm. we all, a lot of us like to do, gardening, and that's certainly a great way to be more resilient and prepared for emergencies and disasters as well.
0: What about water storage? Because in so many of these events, we'll need to have access to that. What do you recommend about the amount of water we should be storing for each person in our home?
1: Well, the basic storage rule for water is one gallon per person per day. So how many people do you have in your family and multiply that out? That's so many gallons per day. But when you think about how much we use on average, that's, that's a drop in the buckets, as they say. It's not very much. So I encourage storing as much as you can. Whatever space you have available, whatever finances you might have to buy the barrels or the, the five-gallon containers, do what you can to have that, that life-sustaining liquid. That's really what it is. We can't live without water. And I, I'm sure most of us do not have enough water stored.
0: One of the other things we're told in, in the event of an earthquake um, is that we need to be able to know how to turn off the gas to our house and, and possibly the electricity. So will you be addressing that? Because there are many of us who don't come from a contractor's background, and you know, we may be able to turn on and off a light switch, but there's not much more beyond that.
1: Right, exactly. But there is a common misperception with the, with the gas meter. Everybody thinks after the shaking, after an earthquake, we should go shut the gas off to our house. That's not true. You only shut it off if you suspect that you have a gas leak. You can either smell it or hear it or see it, or your house has shifted off the foundation so much that, that it's dangerous. Then you would go shut that off. Otherwise, uh, we should have a, a professional come and turn it back on. If, if we all shut the gas off, how long is it going to take the professionals to get around? And if we're talking about an earthquake in the wintertime and our home's not that badly damaged, I still want a furnace. I still want hot water, those things that are provided through natural gas. So you only shut it off if you suspect leak. But it's important to know how to do that, have a wrench ready just in case. Well,
0: a carbon monoxide uh, detector detect. That natural gas, if there's a leak?
1: No, those do not uh, detect natural gas leaks. You'll either have to just smell that. You can smell the odor that's associated with natural gas or listen, do a visual inspection, check the lines around the furnace or the water heater and check for those things.
0: And I'll also share that we smelled a gas leak in our community, in our neighborhood. And it was 11 o'clock at night. We made the phone call to the utility company. They sent someone out who was there by about 1140, who walked the perimeter looking to make sure uh, we could identify where that smell and source is. So there are resources even outside of a disaster to help us uh, identify if we are in danger as a neighborhood or as a homeowner.
1: Yes, exactly. And I mentioned the water heater. I just want to uh, mention... How important it is to fasten the water heater to the wall. You go down to the hardware store, get that plumber's tape, buy those kits that are ready-made. Now make sure your water heater is fastened to the wall. It was code after 2005 building code, so all new homes it should be done. But just check it, just and make sure that it is fastened to the wall. And
0: one of the mine is fastened, even though my home was built before that, because someone underscored that in an earthquake, chances are that's going to spill, and that water heater is an amazing source of water. Yes. So we could if. The water is cut to the neighborhood. We could actually drink from that water that is in the water
1: here. Absolutely, that should be included as as part of your water storage supply. You can count that many those gallons as part of your supply. And if it tips over or breaks and leaks out, there's there goes that water you could have uh, had to drink.
0: This is Wade Matthews with uh, Be Ready Utah, the manager of that, also with the Utah Division of Emergency Management. An event is coming to our community that we are all invited to participate in. It will give us the information and the resources we need for the multiple disasters and emergencies that we may and at some point will face as um, renters, as homeowners, and as community members in Utah. It's called the Desert News Utah Prepare Conference and Expo, September 28th through the 29th. Where can we go to get more information and tickets?
1: You can go to our website, bereadyutah.gov, and there, there's also a link to the uh, Utah Prepare page, or you can go directly to utahprepare.org. And you can get tickets there. Um, you can also—I I failed to mention—that part of our classes uh, is the a Boy Scout Emergency Preparedness Merit Badge class. That also can be done through that website, utahprepare.org, to sign up for the Emergency Preparedness Merit Badge class for for Boy Scouts. Uh, there will be also a list of our our class classes there. Our, our sponsors are. Our, um, our local exhibitors and vendors, and I kind of just want to mention that will be a great place to go if you if you want to go buy a new disaster supply kit or if you want to need uh, go get some water storage barrels or some water filters. We will have all kinds of commercial and retail vendors there that will have those products available as well.
0: In one place.
1: All in one place. And for
0: two days at the Utah Prepare Conference Expo and Expo, September 28th through the 29th, uh, only $5 a day. And 12 and under, kids 12 and under are free You can get that information at BeReadyUtah.gov or go online to UtahPrepare.org. Wade Matthews with Be Ready Utah, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.
1: Thank you very much for having me here.